folks, it's time for Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show about the crucial political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and the nation at large. Join us for a stimulating, thought-provoking discussion. You'll get the facts as we focus on the challenges facing everyone. Good morning, folks. Welcome to Democratic Perspective again on another beautiful day in Sedona. Steve Williamson here. I'm the only one in the studio except for our guest, Holly Plug. Uh, Holly is someone who's been, a, she's been the president of the Rotary. She's on the uh, Sedona City Council. She's on the board of Democrats of the Red Rock. I mean, this list could go on and on and on. It would take up the whole 45 minutes. Uh, Holly, uh, say hello. Good morning, Steve and the audience. What are we talking about today? We're talking about... What, are we talking about redistricting? That's it. Oh, it's so exciting, Holly. I mean, I, folks, don't jump out of your chairs when we started about talking about the redistricting commission. I would say to you that, that if you don't like the things you've seen with the, with the Trump administration, with having a representative who is, to my mind, whose beliefs are fanatical and extreme in the most bizarre way, if you don't like that stuff, you have to stay involved. And whether it's on the local level or on the national level or state level, and it's however you want to do it. So what you want to do is 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 get involved. And there's a building of an extremist movement in Sedona, of all places. Uh, people spending this, uh, spinning wild conspiracy theories there. They're accusing people of corruption without evidence, and they're 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 weaving a whole bunch of des- disparate uh, elements into this one giant thing. There's always been people who hated the city council in a way that I don't think normal people can understand. You know, it's 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 beyond that. So when we're talking about the uh, redistricting commission, we're talking about something that's very important, and so. Whether you get involved locally or 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 whatever, you need to stay involved. The fact that Donald Trump lost the election, solidly lost the election, doesn't mean that millions and millions of people still believe his lies about a stolen election. And in an environment where the president is just lying day after day after day, it creates a situation where local groups, state groups, and others are empowered to do the same kind of uh, mischief. So, Holly, tell us about the uh, commission. And what's the official name? Independent? Independent Redistricting Commission. And we're one of only a few states that have these. I think there's 13 less, states. 13 states now. Last time I looked, it was less than 12. Now there's 13. I know that uh, one of the articles I looked at said that the number of states doing this um, is increased. So how does it happen? If you don't have a redistricting commission, how is the how are things redistricted? How are, so, folks? Every ten years, um, everything has to be redistricted based on the on the census. And everyone thought that we were going to get an extra congressperson here. Right. Everyone thought it. And so the suspicion is that they really undercounted the whole Hispanic community with all this stuff. But we don't know. But whatever happened, we expected to have another representative. Instead, 
uh, not much in the way of population move. There's an increase in Maricopa and uh, a lot of the northeastern part of the state's pretty stagnant. Well, we don't have the numbers yet. We only have the total number for Arizona. The numbers for uh, precinct by precinct or county by county won't be available until mid to late August. And but those are what you have to have to calculate the districts. Right? Correct. And and let's go back for a second. So we said 13 states have an independent redistricting commission, and another nine states have some form of bipartisan or nonpartisan uh, organization that does the redistricting. Otherwise, it's done by the state legislature. And in 2000, uh, Prop 106 was passed as a citizen's initiative by the voters of Arizona. And what that did was to create the Independent Redistricting Commission here. Which year was that again? 2000. Mm -hmm. So there have been two, and now we're on our third, because every 10 years uh, we redistrict based on census data. And you mentioned that, uh, you know, we probably lost an extra congressperson uh, due to the uh, low counts uh, in this census. Uh, you know, this census was harmed by the pandemic. And, yeah, yeah very much so. And by the intention not to really count people, at least at the top. The, the Trump administration tried not to count people they thought might might not uh, vote the way they wanted. I don't know how much of it's uh, true or not. I, I don't know whether the, the undercount is such that we didn't end up with a new congressional district or we just didn't grow as much as we thought. In the end, I really don't, don't have the, the final facts on it. You, you see lots of patterns, but you don't really have the facts to know. No, we don't. And the, and the, and the census does, you know, informal data collection every year. So we have 2019 numbers. And when the 2020 numbers come out, we'll, we'll be able to compare them mm -hmm. and see. Um, so anyway, our redistricting commission is composed of five members. Two are uh, appointed by the parties to each or our uh, legislative leadership by party. So there's two Democrats and two Republicans. And then the four uh, pick a... a um, chairperson uh, amongst them and so that's the fifth member who's an independent and a chairperson and you can't have more than two commissioners from a, a single county now where do they get the names how, how does that happen uh, people apply and then it goes before a judicial board actually and they vet them down so uh, ultimately there's 25 vetted people that the legislature can choose, and the uh, once the two Republicans and two Democrats are selected, then they can choose their their uh, chairperson from this list of twenty five. And, and who chooses them for the Republicans and Democrats? Who chooses the the people to the leadership? The leadership. So it would be the minority leader, majority leaders of both houses. So do the do all of the people on the commission have to be vetted and come from 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 this list? I mean, do the yes. the two Republicans have to be from it, and the two Democrats yes. have to be from it, and so they're vetted by a process that that looks to see whether they'll be fair, despite what, whatever their party is, right? Right, and and there's some restrictions, like you can't uh, be 
a member of, you can't be in precinct leadership, you can't be active in a political party, you can't have run for office within a you know, period of time before this election. So they try to uh, control the number of partisan folks and, and highly political so that they're, even though they have a Democrat or a Republican tag, they're not activists in their parties. And I guess the people people uh, supported this initiative, which is hard to do to get initiatives through, it's because they were really tired of the gerrymandering by That's whoever right. party was dominant. They were just tired of the gerrymandering. It's sometimes, folks, it's just really obvious how gerrymandered and and twisty and curvy some of these districts were. And I guess in 2000, by people had enough and they wanted to establish this commission. And it does make us different from quite a few states, right? It does. And, uh, you know, it's a highly litigious process also. So one can always expect, and there has been in the past two uh, redistricting efforts, uh, challenges, court challenges. Now, uh, there are factors that they have to look at. And fundamentally, you know, there's the notion of one person, one vote. So the districts, and by the way, it's both the legislative districts and congressional districts go through this commission. So it's both the state districts and the, and the federal district. That's right. And the commission decides for both. Correct. And it does once every 10 years. Correct. And so you have to live with this for, for the next 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you can do a, a new census in the middle of next year or something. <laughs> I, that seems no, that's true. That's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I know. So... I, I think, you know, that, that people think of uh, Arizona as being a really conservative state, but, the, you know, the state constitution is very, was very progressive when it was, was put in. And the state has these progressive tendencies sometimes, like increasing the funding for schools when the legislature doesn't want to do it, and then the legislature undoes the increase in funding for schools, and, and people vote to tax the, the last part of very, very wealthy people's income. And then the state does everything to take the money back and give them the money back. Because, frankly, folks, Republicans, they'll never vote to, to, to tax the wealthy. That's just something they, that, if you want to look for something that's consistent over the years, I mean, I think that's, that's probably, probably the one. So, that, that, I, I think that we just got through administration, Holly, that, that, I don't think that Donald Trump sees anybody ever doing a professional job. They, they never, uh, he never saw, everything was partisan to him. Everything was a uh, conspiracy to him. Everything was uh, one-sided to him. And, for example, we have a, a, a Democratic uh, recorder in Coconino County, and we have a Republican re- recorder in Yavapai County, and they're both, as far as I know, honest women with real integrity that I see no evidence of the Democrats doing this and the Republicans doing that. People can do a professional job, whatever their political party. And I think that we've just gone through four years of denial of that. And so even when we're at this this level of the redistricting commission here, there are people who just can't get their heads around that you know, it's like a surgeon. He he doesn't care whether you're a Republican or Democrat at some point. You know, he's he's going to do his surgery. 
and and there are people in politics who are like that recorders and you saw this in in Georgia where they just wouldn't change the results to please the president no matter how much pressure and threats he put on them so there are professionals out there and so hopefully Holly the commission will will get some of those professionally oriented people republicans democrats and independents on it and not someone who's biased but they could oh sure you know they have staff they've hired staff and they've also hired uh legal support and and that was interesting because they hired one firm that leans democratic and one firm that leads republican yeah and then they've also hired a mapping consultant to help them draw the maps this is a complex computer um, system now. Drawing yes. maps is major. And in places where the legislature draws it, they will actually uh, gerrymander it by having one side of the street that leans toward their party, you know, and the other side, they'll cut it right down the middle of a street. They'll, they'll knock out a particular house. Say there's a Democratic voter in this kind of Republican neighborhood. The, the, the district will stop right before the guy's house. So it, it, the machinations of gerrymandering, which were once pretty crude and obvious and, and, and uh, uh, are now statistical, extremely clever, and computerized and extremely detailed, which I, I think, Polly, is, is the reason that, that we really need things like the redistricting commission because the ability to skew the districts and stuff is now greater than ever before in our history. Yeah, and you know, something that uh, I think is is also different about Arizona is we we start with grid maps, and the grid maps only do two things: they're equal population, and they're uh, emphasize compactness and and being contiguous. Mm-hmm. Those are not all the factors, though, that the commission needs to look at. So first thing is, start from scratch, you draw these these grids. Then you look at other factors, other factors such as communities of interest, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, geographical boundaries, and uh, competitiveness, so that the districts don't put all the Republicans in one district or all the Democrats in one district, or all the Native American populations in one district. Uh, that's the goal. The goal so, is. So these grids are fairly uh, rigorous. They're fairly geometric figures. And what happens is the districting redistricting commission modifies them by these other factors. That's right. And also, whatever's left of the Voting Rights Act has to be considered as well. Yeah. So you can't dilute a minority vote. Right. We can't split them into five different districts That's so that right. they can't really have an impact on the election. Exactly. So, so we're going to start uh, fresh, and uh, and the commission is starting to do a listening tour that starts this Friday, and they're going to be going throughout the state. And so, one of the uh, one of the things that we're asking for people to do is to participate. This is, you know, going to drive. The next 10 years of, of districts. And so if we're unhappy with our representatives, we can vote them out. But we can also look at what does our district look like and are we, are we happy, are we satisfied with the communities that comprise our district. So, you know, for example, 
the more population that is is situated in Phoenix and Maricopa County, the larger the rural districts are just to get the population included in them. And right now, sitting here in Sedona, in West Sedona, we're in Legislative District 6, and that has parts of four counties in it. So do you think we have a lot in common with Payson? Do you think we have a lot in common with, you know, Strawberry and Pine? Do we have a lot in common with, you know, other locations? Maybe not, maybe yes, but they needed the population. And so you find in the rural areas some interesting combinations, like Gila County, which is uh, headquartered in Payson, actually has three, is in three legislative districts, and they only have 50,000 people. So they're in districts seven, six, seven, and eight. And that's very difficult for them when they have an issue that is countywide. They have six representatives and three, sen- three state senators that they have to contact. That's, that's extremely uh, difficult. No, I didn't know that. That's yes, interesting. Yes, it is. So, so that's really important. And the uh, redistricting commission is going to be in Yavapai County on the 27th of July with the main hearing in Prescott, but a satellite here in Sedona at the Yavapai College campus. And the meeting is from 5 to 7 p.m., and anybody who wants to attend is welcome to attend, and anyone who wants to speak is welcome to speak. Uh, we don't have the specifics yet from the commission as to the amount of time an individual will have, but based on what we experienced 10 years ago it was four minutes, although many people spoke for less than four minutes. Then on the 29th, there's going to be a hearing uh, for Coconino County, and the main, the main hearing will be in Flagstaff with satellites in Tuba City and in Page. So Sedona residents living in Coconino County can go to Flagstaff or they can come to Sedona. Just because they live in Coconino doesn't mean they can't come to the Yavapai County meeting. And we're encouraging people to do that because considering that, that Sedona is in two counties... We certainly don't want the commission to look at county lines as a boundary. That would hurt us. We don't want Sedona split into, you know, we're, we're split as a city, but we don't want to be split into two different right, districts. Right now, it's it's two thirds of the of the town is uh, in Yavapai, and one third of it is in Coconino County, and we all we've had for years where we do where people have two sets of representatives, Correct. and and. Uh, it's just it's just where the line is drawn. So we don't want it split up more, you would say. We don't want it even more complicated. It also sounds like this is a fairly open process where anybody can show up and speak their yes, mind. Yes, anybody can. And and we encourage people to. Now, right now, we're doing a lot within the Verde Valley to collaborate amongst the communities. And we want to keep the Verde Valley whole. I mean, you know, we're looking at transportation as a region, we're looking at housing as a region, we're looking at water and other uh, ecotourism as a region, and we certainly don't want that split up because we're working very well together. So the and city, right now it is split up, right? No, most of Verde Valley is, is 
together in Legislative District 6. A small part is in Legislative District 1. But How most about of the it, Congressional Districts? Oh, the Congressional Districts is quite different. And it's split. It's Yavapai. I mean, the Verde Valley is split yes, in the Congressional the area. Split. So mm-hmm. that, that uh, you know, my old co-host on the show was in one district and I was in another. Sedona's in one. Most of Cottonwood is in another. I don't know. They remember the exact drawings of the line. So you have this very open process. So let's tell people, and we'll, we'll say it again at the end, when are, when are these meetings? Where is the one that's in Sedona, I guess, is the one people most likely go to? Right. It's the 27th, so it's a week from tomorrow at Yavapai College, Sedona campus, and it's room 34, the only room that can accommodate <laughs> you know, a large group. And it's uh, from 5 to 7, although the doors will open earlier, and we suggest that people arrive early so they can find a seat. We don't really know how many people will be there, but it's a simulcast. So it will be uh, at Yavapai College in Prescott, as well as Yavapai College in Sedona, where they have the technology that will allow for, for simulcast. Now, last... So people can ask questions from Prescott... Or not. Yeah. When, when, the, when they're doing the uh, meeting in Sedona, if you're in Prescott, you could, you could well, still ask questions or you have to wait till it's, it's over there. Or it's over no, there at the no, same it's, time. No, it's at the same time. But, mm. but you really don't ask questions. It's not a dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not an interactive. Okay. Uh, people actually are called up and they testify, meaning they give uh, up, assuming it's it's like the last time up to four minutes worth of testimony. And this is exclusively on communities of interest. So what people will be talking about is why the Verde, for example, why Sedona should be kept whole in one district, both legislative and so congressional. So if, if you were doing, if you were going up to speak, Holly, that's kind of what you would say. We should keep the Verde Valley together. We should keep Sedona together so one part of it is not in one part either legislative districts that, that are the state uh, entities right. or the congressional district and, and so that's what you're you're hoping people will say let's keep sedona let's keep the birdie valley together yes at or, a minimum but i also think that because neither sedona nor the birdie valley have sufficient population for a legislative district absolutely uh, we currently are in the same district as flagstaff and uh, I think that has worked well for us, and there are many reasons why it makes more sense for us to get the rest of the population, you know, from Flagstaff and beyond than it would be, for example, to cross Mingus Mountain and go into Prescott. So, for example, if you call 911 and the EMTs come to your house and they vet you, they're going to take you either to the Stoneham Emergency Room, to Cottonwood Hospital, or to Flagstaff. They're not going to take you across Mingus Mountain into Prescott. So Northern Arizona Healthcare has facilities in Camp Verde, Flagstaff, Sedona, and Cottonwood. If we want to advocate for health care, we want our legislators to be focused on the health care that's provided locally. We don't want to have to go and find other legislators in other districts to advocate, you know, for, for our regional health care. And that's just one example. I mean, where do you go shopping? Well, and, and, and further with health care, 
we were just talking before the show began about your recent trip up to Flagstaff to go visit the doctor. And doctors in Flagstaff will often come down to Sedona and have offices and, and share with other doctors in Sedona. We don't go to Prescott for our medical. I, I'm claiming this is a dueling scar here on the side of my face, <laughs> Holly, you know, from my days in Berlin with the aristocrat. Um, but, yeah, so, so what happens in my case in this skin cancer is, is it's diagnosed in Sedona. They can't do the operation here. It's a, it's, a, it's a fairly big scar. It's a fairly elaborate little operation that they do. And so it gets done in Flagstaff. So that's really kind of handy to, do the, to be able to go to the, first, to the first dermatologist here and then have it followed up up there. Um, that whole process of... Uh, it, it, of, of a kind of unified healthcare major producer is 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 very very helpful to to, to people, and um, and I kind of I kind of as supportive as much as I think Prescott and Prescott Valley are wonderful and stuff. There is a big difference between the Verde Valley and what's happening over there. They have twice the population of the Verde Valley um, on the other side of the mountain. And, um, I mean, it's a great place. Prescott's a wonderful city, small city. But that barrier kind of has created uh, things. And and I think Sedona would, and Cottonwood and the rest of it would be worried about being thrown in with a, with a place that has twice the population. Now, Flagstaff has, what, three or four times the right. population. So I don't know that we could argue that you know really strictly well you know it ha- communities of interest have to do with commerce they have to do with health care they have to do with uh, with uh, transportation uh, so tour- we're tourist economies you know here where do people go when when they want to go to the Grand Canyon they come up I-17 it's they get off in Sedona, they go up Oak Creek Canyon to Flagstaff and then on to the Grand Canyon. They don't go through Prescott as an example. So a lot of the of the issues that we have, we want to be served by a single set of legislators. Like traffic, for example. Tra- traffic is a really a really good one as well. And and remember we also have the Yavapai Apache Nation. And uh, the Avapai Apache Nation has reservation land in Camp Verde, Middle Verde, and Clarkdale. So we want them to be whole. We want to honor and respect tribal lands. And so we don't want, for example, I-17 to be a cutoff point where everything east of I-17 is in one district and everything west of I-17 is in another district. That wouldn't serve the nation well. This doesn't sound very partisan, really. It just seems to me kind of common sense. A lot of a lot of what you're saying is not a, a a partisan issue. I realize that the impact of these districts on partisan politics and who's elected is really extreme. And uh, for example, in the LD6, that's when we're in. Um, Democrats in Sedona, the Verde Valley, Flagstaff have tried three or four elections to elect a representative or a, or a state senator and always failed. And so the district is, seems to be, 
it was supposed to be a contestable district, right? Competitive. Yeah, it's supposed to be competitive. You're supposed to have Democrats, Republicans arguing, and the best person wins. Okay. But that's kind of not what's happened. It's been actually, in fact, a Republican district consistently. And, you know, as a Democrat, no matter how good our candidates are, and we had some absolutely great candidates in the last, last election, they always lose. And so that's what that's the difference that redistricting can make. For instance, I think if if um, um, some of the towns that were not included in the district were included, um, Holbrook is in, but Winslow is not. I wonder what would happen if the elections wouldn't have been closer one way or the one or the other if Winslow wasn't also included. So just I don't want to uh, double guess the the, the commission. But you do wonder about these, these things. And it, it's something, if you're interested in the kind of details of politics, it's something that, that you can spend hours talking to Holly about. Uh, yes, you can. But you know what? The, uh, and you're right. Uh, in the 10 years that we've had these district lines, no Democrat has, has won any seat in the state legislature. No matter how good. We've had both. We've always had honorable and intelligent people. But some of them were not, you know, super dynamic as candidates. And even when we've had super dynamic candidates, and even when they've been well-funded, always still lost. And I don't know how we get better as a Democrat. I don't know how we get better candidates than we had last time. It would be be really hard. They were the best candidates we've ever had. I've ever seen. I've interviewed candidates for now 10 years. I've interviewed almost everybody running for office in, in Arizona, certainly anybody locally. And uh, they were the great candidates, but it still didn't work. So demographically, it's just a Republican district yeah. or not. I mean, well, right now, the, the numbers would show that it is uh, the voting numbers. Yeah. Even though there were it was a huge turnout and everybody worked very hard on both sides to get their people to the polls. Uh, you know, the. The numbers just weren't there to elect the Democrats. And, of course, it was a presidential year, too, yeah. which means a lot more people uh, come out. Not that they necessarily always vote down ballot. You know, sometimes they just stop at the top. And they don't That's vote the entire ballot. That's a real problem ballot. with Democrats, frankly. And, and it's more of a problem with Democrats than Republicans of not going down the ballot and voting. And if you live in the Yavapai County part of, of, of Sedona... You, get there, you know, you have the top guys, and then you don't have anybody to vote for far, fairly far down the ballot. So I think people in Sedona, and they've, they've gotten into the habit of, well, we vote for the top guys, and then there's no, there's no Democrat running for sheriff. There's no Democrat running for district attorney or whatever it is. Right. There's just no candidates even there. It's just you either vote for a Republican or you just don't vote. And so, but I think that really hurts the down... Uh, not only the the candidates that are down ballot, but the propositions getting voted on. Well, and it's where the placement is on the ballot as well. When you have to turn the ballot over, a lot of people uh-huh. don't realize there's another side. I know, I know. It's a it's a, a funny kind of of thing. So they tried to make this a um, contested district, and it just didn't quite work. And then it, it was supposed to go back and forth depending on the quality of the candidates or the quality of the campaigns or the money raised or whatever. And it just it never really happened that way. No, it didn't. And, and 
you know, I, I don't know that it was intentional. We just need the the numbers. We don't have the numbers without including, you know, large swaths of population from communities that we don't necessarily have much in common with. But in order to, you know, to get that fundamental principle of one person, one vote, they have to be within about 5%, you know, plus or minus 5%. I think that really should be, even if the communities, I mean, I think, I think getting close to one person, one vote is, is to me, and I don't know about your thinking, is, is more important really than, than other issues. We really need to have one vote for, and we have to be, people have to be in districts, state and congressional, where their vote will feel like it's counted, where they're not in a district where they have no chance. That can't be avoided. If we look west of here, and, you know, for example, Kingman and stuff, we get to a district that's so Republican <laughs> that, that, um, that, we always interview the Democrats running, and they're always very hopeful, and we know they're always going to lose. We never say it, but, you know, uh, it doesn't matter how brilliant you are. You know, that is a Republican, Republican district. You might as well be in Colorado Springs as, as running over there. Right, that's Mojave County. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, in, and again, we don't have the numbers in at that level yet you know we won't get them as i mentioned before until the end of august but even when we get them at the end of august it's going to be um it's going to take uh, highly professional folks to be able to understand them because they're not going to be in a format that will be easily readable by that average person so that, what are these numbers like i mean all right we have a precinct in sedona and now we only have like two precincts we have four precincts well <laughs> if, you, if you count voc but we're no well yeah i do count yeah, VOC. Yeah, yeah 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 so we have four but we used to have uh, districts um a lot of different precincts and when I started in politics in Sedona, we could really count the district and each, I mean the precincts, and each one of these precincts had a different pattern of voting. Some of them were more Democratic, some of them were more Republican, and, you, and they're fairly, they were fairly small, so the count was fairly small, and you could see pretty much where people were. And now with the larger districts, it's, it's harder to see. The lar- I'm sorry, I'm using the word districts, but it's precincts. So... What will these, I guess, what will the figures look like, Holly? What will, what will they look like? They won't be, there are 999 people in this precinct. There'll be something else, or they'll Well, just... there'll be county numbers, mm-hmm. and then within the counties, then they will be at the precinct level. So precincts roll up at, you know, into the county numbers. So, so for example... Instead of cities... Instead of having That's Sedona, right. instead of having the, the population count for Sedona, we'll have a population count for what? For the precinct. Yeah. And the counties. So, you know, I mean, we'll know the cities. I mean, we'll know what Sedona numbers are. We don't expect that we'll have changed very much. Uh, but we, we, we will know them. They'll be much more granular. Right now, we only have the state-level number. Uh, but it won't be until September, really, that the average person will be able to see the numbers and be able to understand them because the format in the when they release them in August will be computer 
it will require computer skills and mapping skills that normal people don't have. Now, the mapping consultant that was hired by the commission will be able to extrapolate them. So the commission will be able to start its work, but the individuals, you, me, you know, our audience, everybody, we'll have to wait for a while. And, and by the way, here's another interesting tidbit. There is no deadline in the state constitution for when these, num- when these districts have to be completed. So when you think about it, we have an election coming up in 22, 2022. And in order to run as a candidate, you have to get petitions signed by a certain number of voters. Oh. And depending on what office it is, determines the number. You have to be number. in the district that you're and running. You have to, right. To be in the district that you're running in. And people may not know by April when those petitions are required to be submitted exactly what the lines are for the districts. They may not know. Uh, so if you're Tom O'Halloran, who's our, our congressman, it, it, Tom won't know, and his people won't know, might not know when they're collecting petitions until after it's sort of all over. It's, a, it's an interesting dilemma. Uh, the, the commission is, is completely aware of this, and so their goal is to be complete. They've spoken with the Secretary of State's office, and they know what the deadlines are, and it is their goal to be finished. Remember earlier I said this is a very litigious process? Yeah. Well, they may be finished, but they also may be challenged, Uh, and the courts may not have ruled uh, by then. So even if they finish up their work on time, which seems hard to do, frankly, just as as somebody observing it from the outside, because it's a massive job. Yeah. And then the, the lawsuits could drag it out till. So the old. So they'll have to run the old, in the old districts. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. ask. So the old districts might be what are actually going to be done in this next election. Right. And they won't be able to change the districts or redefine them until the election after 2022. You're right. That's the worst case. But. Interesting. Yeah. Any and, more tidbits? And it, I mean, it, and it's happened before in other, in other locations. You know. Many years ago, I actually, uh, I'm an attorney by profession, I actually uh, was involved with a redistricting case in the state of Alaska, and uh, it was the 1980 redistricting, and I represented the state Democratic Senate. The Democrats in the Senate sued and in Alaska, they also had an independent commission. And uh, the... They've had one for a long time. Yes, they before, have. Before Arizona Yes, it, it was part of their constitution when they became a state in 1958 or 59. Uh, you know, the, 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 the later uh, uh, territories became states, the more progressive their constitutions were because they had learned from everybody else you know what worked and what didn't work uh, so they had that and they they were sued every single uh, every single redistricting <laughs> by one side or the other and uh, and we lost at the superior court 
which is the first court of jurisdiction. They held to the lines, and it was an expedited hearing, and then we petitioned the, the Alaska Supreme Court. But the Alaska Supreme Court did not hear the case until after the election. So people ran on, in this situation, they ran on the new lines for one election because the lower court had upheld the commission. Uh, uh. But a year later, when the Supreme Court ruled, they ruled against the commission. And so all the lines had to be redrawn in time for the following election. So the following election was when... uh, Representatives, and this was for, for you know the same situation, state representatives and Congress people, and so they then ran on new lines, and some of them did not live in their districts, you know, which was not it was not the intent, it just is how it fell out. So this is kind of for people interested. Probably this is uh, they say never look at the sausage making of the sausage, <laughs> and when we're talking about this, it, Holly's challenge is to get people active in in a in something that looks like sausage making, filled with all these details and all these variations and all these uncertainties. It'll be uncertain at this point and at this point. There's all these points where things come together, but then they can be challenged and changed. That's right. And But, you know, for right now, I am, uh, as a member of the Sedona City Council, advocating for what's the best for Sedona. And, and nothing more. So what are you going to say? We have a few minutes left. What would you say to the commission if you were going for, before it today? Uh, you know, last Tuesday at our council meeting, we actually passed a statement of values. And our statement of values, and hopefully uh, this same statement adjusted for for the particular city or town, will be passed by councils throughout the Verde Valley. And it really advocated for keeping the Verde Valley whole. And it advocated keeping the, the Verde Valley whole based on this community's of interest, based on transportation, based on health care, education, uh, ecotourism, environmental protection. You know, all the things that the Verde Valley uh, housing, affordable housing, is working on together as a, as a community. But Sedona is, is democratic voting city. And Cottonwood and Camp Verde and most of these other places are uh, really Republican. So you're not really advocating just throwing all the Democrats. You're advocating a more um, uh, geographically based argument. So tell folks again, we've just got a couple of minutes left. Tell folks again, when is this meeting and where? It's July 27th for uh, Yavapai County at Yavapai College, Sedona Campus, room 34, from 5 to 7 p.m., and will be simulcast with, uh, with uh, Prescott. And what they did the last time was they took a few people from Prescott, then they moved to Sedona, then they went back no, to Prescott. I remember that. Yeah. You actually testified. I read your testimony. Oh, really? Do you remember that? No. <laughs> I remember the process, but I don't remember... Uh, but it was the same issue. We wanted right. the Verde Valley to be held together, and it's somewhat high ways it was, and some ways it wasn't. Um, like to really thank you know Holly. Can Fluke. I just before uh, I want to just mention that Coconino County is on the 29th 
in Flagstaff. Okay, good point. Uh, we want to thank people who support the show, particularly Democrats of the Red Rock, the um, Yavapai Democratic Party, uh, Steve Segner's El Portal, uh, which is, is uh, 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 a, such a dog-friendly hotel that I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, it's beautiful, but uh, I've never seen a place where they're, where they're more welcoming to if you have a pet or if you have relatives coming up to Sedona. Um, we really appreciate you being with us. Um, what do we have next week? Next week we have Max Richmond from the Committee to Protect Social Security and Medicare in Washington, D.C. Max is extremely articulate. I think you'll enjoy you know, listening to his interview. Thank you very much. This and all our podcasts on vvid.org. You've been listening to Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show focusing on the political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and our nation at large. Catch us every Monday morning after the 8 a.m. news, right here on AM 780 KAZM. It's beautiful out there, folks. Have a great day.